The study book by Tim Keller that we've used for this series has a title, Unity and Mission, for chapter 15. Themes which actually run throughout the whole book of Romans and two great passions of Paul. Um, And although we've just looked at chapter 15, starting with the weak and the strong, Paul is seeking and teaching that there shouldn't be division amongst believers along those lines, the weak and the strong. It shouldn't be a source of disunity. And he picks up the themes of unity directly in verse 5. May the God who gives endurance and encouragement give you a spirit of unity among yourselves as you follow Christ Jesus. So although Paul's taught and encouraged unity, ultimately, unity is a spiritual gift. A gift that can only be given by God. It can't be created, it's given as we follow Christ Jesus. And can I suggest that our desire should be for unity? Yeah? Our desire should be for unity in our church, in our groups, in ministry teams, with believers in other churches. But if we set out to seek unity as our primary goal, it's not going to happen. Primary goal is to follow Christ Jesus. You know, we might get a a group of people in the same place, perhaps like we are this morning. But have you ever been in a situation where you're all there for supposedly the same reason, but there's anything but unity between the people? Yeah? Hopefully not a church, but, you know, there might be that family, family situation where you've got to plan an event and there's anything but unity. How many families fall out over planning weddings, funerals, and so on? Real unity does not come when we seek it directly. Rather, it's a byproduct of seeking to follow Christ Jesus. Jesus first. Or Jesus at the centre even. Christians who passionately follow Jesus are going to grow and will experience this unity. And then there's a shift in our approach. It may be subtle, but I believe there's a shift in our approach. I'll pick, pick up from verse 6. I'll read verse 5 again and go into verse 6. May the God who gives endurance and encouragement give you a spirit of unity among yourselves as you follow Christ Jesus, so that with one heart and mouth you may glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. So rather than thinking about that by coming together physically in one place, we will be united and have unity, unity is given when we follow Christ. But unity is associated and expressed and enlarged by our corporate worship, by worshipping together. And the reference to mouth, sorry, probably means corporate worship. How do we worship God with one voice unless we meet, unless we met together, singing and praying together? So rather than thinking that by meeting together there's unity, the so that at the start of verse 6 shows that God's God gives spiritual unity in order that we can worship together. Seeking to worship together will enhance the unity. It won't create it. Just like to watch a video that's coming up on the screen. It's stronger together. Let's get back together at Together Festival 2022. Join us on Saturday the 9th of July with over 5,000 Black Country Christians at Himley Park for a free multi-generational Christian festival. Explore our four incredible zones with something for everyone. For under eight in the family zone, ride the rides. Watch amazing mini shows. 
get involved in crafts and a together treasure hunt and so much more. Check out the Youth Zone, featuring the message bus filled with gaming and activities. Grab your mates and get involved with sports, games and competitions. Be inspired in the creative zone. Hear local musicians on the acoustic stage. Try our creative workshops. Or browse and buy in the Maker's Market. And so much more. Come together in the Gather Zone, the Explore Zone, big top filled with our partners. Try our local street food zone or grab a picnic together. Join us at the main stage for professional entertainment theatre performances, powerful worship and inspiration for what we can do together. Book in online to get your free ticket now. Did you get an email about that from the church? Yeah? Some people are nodding. Some people are nodding. Some people haven't looked at their email. Check your spam. Check, not not the potted meat. The um, your, your junk folder in the in on on the, on the computer. Check check that. Um, that's happening. And I think the latest is it said meet with over five thousand Christians. I think they're at about eight thousand booked in now. Eight thousand people booked in. So if you want to go, make sure that you're booking soon. The QR code. I don't know if the QR code will work. Depends whether you got a signal or not. It was on the. I think it was on the email that was sent out from from memory. So you can get it from there. If you don't know, if you don't know what I'm talking about and you want to do, we can resend it. Come and see me. See someone afterwards, and we'll we'll walk you up. But that's an opportunity to bring people together. But pulling 8,000 people together won't bring unity. And actually, it says 5,000 Christians. It's kind of been hijacked by the non-Christians. <laughs> they put an email out saying, free event, kids zone, Himley Hall. And there was about 2,000 tickets booked on that one day. Most of which, I don't know the percentage, but it was at least in the 80s, said that they weren't connected to any church whatsoever. Yeah? So, you know, God's doing something, isn't he? But it'd be great to see to see you there. Monzi's got a stand. Monzi's got a stand for his flowers, so come and see Monz at the, the at the event as well. It's an opportunity as we follow Christ that will be. You know, if God can bless unity amongst us here, what would the blessing from God be like amongst eight thousand people? Plus. So unity is a gift from God as we seek to follow Christ. But Paul explains, that by, explains in verse 7 that underpinning this, the basis of this is acceptance, back to the theme of acceptance of justification in Christ, through Christ. Accept one another then, just as Christ accepted you in order to bring praise to God. Because we have to understand we're accepted by Christ and we live in response to that rather than living in order to be accepted by him. Yeah? We live in response to the fact that we've been accepted rather than living to be accepted. And only when we understand that will we accept others. We're back to the legalism issue, aren't we? When people think that we need to earn uh, our justification through effort and endeavour, we know, hopefully after this time, you know it's not possible to do that. But sometimes we find comfort by comparing ourselves to others who 
may have obvious failings and greater faults in our eyes than, than ourselves. Because, you know, God must prefer us to them because they're worse than us. It doesn't work like that. And it can also then lead us to trying to impose our legalism so that they too, so that on them so that they can justify themselves through our legalism. It doesn't work like that. We're accepted in spite of our deficiencies and flaws. That's at the heart of Paul's mission. And his life as a missionary was modelled on the mission of Jesus. It says, For I tell you that Christ has become a servant of the Jews on behalf of God's truth to confirm the promises made to the patriarchs. The Son of God became Jewish, became a Jewish servant to the Jewish people in order to confirm God's promises made to the Jewish patriarch Abraham. And one of the promises was to Abraham was, By you shall all the families of the earth, sorry, by you shall all the families of the earth shall be blessed. I'm not sure if I told that properly. Genesis 12, verse 3. So Paul's going on to say in verse 9 that the ultimate purpose of Christ's mission to the Jews was that the Gentiles or nations would glorify God for his mercy. And Paul goes back and he quotes four texts from the Old Testament to emphasize that the mission of Jesus was to reach all nations, all peoples, for the glory of God. It's not merely for the Jews. God aims to be glorified for his mercy from all peoples or nations. And Paul says in verse 20, he says the ambition to preach to all people who haven't heard about Jesus. That's Paul's uh, ambition. So Christ is the model of Paul's life as a missionary. He picks up where Jesus left off, to the Jews first and then to the Gentiles, so that all people would glorify God. So Jesus is the model for Paul, but what's Paul's motive? Well, the Old Testament, in the Old Testament, worshippers had to bring two offerings to God. First, a sin offering and then for forgiveness. And then, a secondly, a thanksgiving offering of gratitude, giving honour to God. And Paul knew that, and hopefully we know, that Jesus made the final and complete sin offering. Yeah? But we must bring ourselves and all we have is a thanksgiving offering still. We have to bring ourselves and all we have as a thanksgiving offering. Romans 12, 1, we read about it. We, we call the living sacrifices. Yeah? And Paul was motivated by his passion to the Gentiles converted. And he saw the evangelism as an offering in response to all Jesus had given him and done for him. If nobody had responded to Paul's teaching and preaching, if there'd been nil response, it would not have made one scrap of difference to Paul's justification. Yeah? He brought the, the, the people, the Gentiles that were converted as an offering. But if, you know, if nobody had responded, it would not have made one scrap of difference to his salvation and justification. As I said at the start, I'm, I'm not going through the chapters verse by verse. I'm just going to just look at some key themes. And we've looked at the weak and the strong uh, and how that flows into the themes of unity and mission. And I think I got a bit stitched up by the teaching team with this. Everyone else got one, gets one chapter, and I get two. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, um, I get two chapters, and I have to bring a conclusion as well. Um, so in preparing this final session on Romans, I'm thinking, how do we conclude this series?
The thought in my head was, so what? So what? I'm picking on Mons today. I thought, well, it will stop Mons from asking, are you going to finish the book? And then it will stop him, when are you going to do the last talk? And it was a time to be silent when Mons texted me while I had food poisoning and said, I could video the message and you could watch it on screen in my absence. It would have been groundbreaking, but there's probably a very good reason why you've never seen anybody preach from the toilet before. But so what? We've looked at the book, which can be very difficult and, and to go through, over 15 Sundays in total. You know, if we put it in one go, it's over a quarter of a year we spent on Romans. So what? What difference is it going to make to us? What difference is it going to make to Junction 10? Well, from a personal point of view, if you're in any doubt about what you have to do to come into a right relationship with Jesus, hopefully, now you know it's a gift. It's a gift that just has to be accepted. It's offered to everybody. There's nothing you can do to earn it. There's no in-app purchase required or offered. It's just saying, Jesus, I know you paid the debt. I couldn't pay for atonement. For all the wrongdoings, you paid it to bring me back into a right relationship with God. And this morning, it doesn't matter who you are, the offer is open to you. If you haven't accepted the offer, Please maybe come and see myself, see Rachel, see Kev, see, see Mick at the end. And, and we can talk you through, tell you more about that. And the flip side to it is that now we know that, is we have to ensure that we're not putting obstacles or putting qualifying criteria in the way through any legalism that remains in us, which stops others from coming into justification with God. So that's maybe what we've learned personally. But for us as Junction 10 now, so what? Well, as I've reflected, I believe there's a challenge for us in those two words, unity and mission. As I said, used in Tim Keller's book to summarise chapter 15, but themes that run throughout the book of Romans. And whilst preparing this, I looked at one source which, which gave an overview of each chapter of the book of Romans. And for chapter 15, he basically said, Paul sums up the themes he's previously covered in his letter. So, unity and mission. And again, we've said, what's it for Junction 10? But it starts as an individual challenge. The call to follow Christ. It starts with the call to follow Christ. But as we do, as we follow Christ, God will release the gift of unity. So we can worship together in spiritual unity. There'll be a hunger and desire to meet together, further enhancing that unity among us. You know, didn't we have a great time together on Easter Sunday morning? After rehearsing with the band and the kids for their song and just making sure that I was ready for, for when the service was starting in here, um, I went out to the heart space and, wow, the vibe, the energy, the community, the fellowship, the revelation that is Marmite, hot cross buns. There was life. Dare I say it, there was unity. And then we came in here and we worshipped together. Yeah? And that Sunday, the worship just takes off. We were ready. Yeah? I went out and I was encouraged because, you know what, when, when we were in here and we, we just finished rehearsing, some people come in and I'm not looking anywhere because I, I don't want anybody. But when I said, okay, we're going to start with a Easter trial out there and then we'll come back in and we'll worship together. 
I don't think some people like that. I may be wrong, it may be just what I read from the faces, but I don't think some people appreciated it. And if you didn't, I'm sorry, but hopefully you saw the impact of spending that time together as we came in here. We came in after the Easter trial and we were ready. And we came in together and we were ready. And can I ask and encourage you, and I'll, I'll say a bit more in it. Can I ask and encourage you to try and be here for ready for when the service starts? Hands up, punctuality isn't a strength of mine. And to emphasise that, we were out praying and the service had started when we came in from the prayer meeting this morning. And I know only too well stuff can happen before church on a Sunday. When you're getting ready, when you're trying to get out of the house on the journey to church, all stuff can go on. I don't know, for example, you, can, you could have told your teenage son what time you're leaving the house and then five minutes before and he gets in the shower. It could be that your teenage son decides that he's going to wear clothes that it looks like he's slept in and his mother tells him that, no, he's not going out like that and he says, yes, I am. And he says, no, and I got permission from Jack to say that. I did, I did get permission. And I know if 100% of the time I knew where my car keys were, I'd, get it, I'd have about two years of my life back. Yes. Why not have to look for him? And I don't think anybody sets out intentionally to be late. And please don't be offended about me asking that. And I've heard from some church leaders, well, would you be late for the queen? So don't be late for the king. And I think my response these days would be, I wrote, or my response would be, well, I try not to be late, but I'd definitely cut it fine. <laughs> and then I stopped and was like, no, I'll probably be late for the Queen as well, to be honest. But it doesn't make a difference. We start in the service with everyone here together. We were ready to go. We all came in together. And okay, yes, it was Easter Sunday. So we all come to church fully aware that we serve a risen Saviour. Yeah? But I'll let you into a secret. He's still risen today. He's not like Santa that goes into hiding for the rest of the year. You know, Sundays since Easter have been good. Sundays since Easter have been good. I'm just making in my head a comparison between Easter Sunday and the feedback and encouragement from then to me and then from previous Sundays when I've led. Easter Sunday, we were ready. Sometimes it can take us a while to warm up, can't it? Myself included, myself included. But you know what? Every Sunday can be like Easter Sunday. Yeah? I'm going to do the same songs. I'm going to do the same... Same format. But every Sunday can be like Easter Sunday. It's why I love leading worship at joint events. You know, even seven o'clock in the morning where you've warmed your vocals up on, a, on bacon rind. Where people gather together in a common purpose in Love Warsaw, Love Black Country events. Leading worship's easy because people are there with a unity of spirit. So Junction 10, what's it mean for us? And sorry, I'm going on a bit today we need to seek God for unity yeah we're all here all of us are here through grace none of us deserve to be in the presence of the king of kings not through our own efforts or anything that we've done none of us are better than the other but we are all individuals and some are more individual than others what's that saying every family has that one relative and if you think my family hasn't you're that one relative. We all have a role to play at Junction 10 if we're to move forward together in unity, expressed by us meeting together. 
And the second part is mission. We need to prepare ourselves and prepare our thinking for mission. Worship, good on Easter Sunday. Good week to week at Junction 10. Pete, great, fantastic preaching. Great. The highlight though, people saying yes to Jesus. People came in through Father's heart. A missional community from Junction 10, go out to Bescott Stadium, soon to be the Poundland Bescott Stadium. But they go out and they make that connection with people. And when they invited them to church and they said yes to Jesus. You know, there's that connection there. And through Father's Heart, we, we pray that we can help those new Christians on their discipleship journey. Hopefully, we'll see them back here. Yeah, I don't know what the circumstances... They might, he might have been a market trader and that's what he does on a Sunday so he can't come to church. But Easter, there was no... I don't know. We might not see them again. The mission. We need to be prepared for mission back on the Allenwell. Yeah? We're working with Eden to get a team on there. But the Eden team isn't going to drop off shiny new Christians at our front door and say, here you go, we've dealt with the addictions. We've dealt with the lifestyle issues. We've dealt with the risk that these people may present. They're shiny new so I can just fit into Junction 10 the way that, they, the way that it is now. It's not going to happen that way. It's not going to happen that way. And there's also the question, what should we be doing around this area where we meet in Darleston? And we're going to be here for a while longer. The temporary building, as you said, it's not large enough to accommodate us on a Sunday, let alone the kids' activities as well. <clears throat> Excuse me. So and even if someone has come into a considerable amount of money that they want to get rid of, and if you have, please come and see myself, right, Kevin, and not Mick, and just spend it on another guitar. Um, <laughs> but if you do want to come and see us, if, if that's the case and you don't know who's here, what circumstances are, it would take several months, if not years, to construct the new building. So we're going to be here for a time, yeah? So what do we do to share Jesus with those locally? Because we need everyone united on this mission. We need everyone, all ages. At conference, the one downside was that unfortunately they had to address an issue where some pastors had been rude, disrespectful and unpleasant to some of the stewards. Most of whom were, were young, a lot of them female, from the Bible college. Not right. So on the last day I thought, well, as we go in, I'll just make sure that I'm nice, I'm really pleasant to the stewards as we go in. And it wasn't a young female from Bible college. It was an old lady in her 60s, maybe even 70s. And I thanked her. And I said, it's home time today. Pardon? My Lord, if we can rewind the tape, I think I said older. <laughs> I hope I said older. <laughs> um, <laughs> So, 70s is okay. Oh, no. No, I've got, Judith. I've got, I've got daggers from Judith now. No. <laughs> Amen. No. 
an older lady in her 60s, maybe 70s. And I thanked her and I said, it's home time today. And being polite, I says, where have you got to travel to? And bear in mind, we're in Harrogate, which is two and three quarter hours from us, north of us. She said, oh, yeah, I'm going home. I've got to drive back to Southampton. Served for three days, driving home at the end of it. And she says, I've got permission to leave early, so I'm not home too late. It takes all of us, yeah? Don't disqualify yourself through age or, or anything. It takes all of us. And the mission's going to take all of us. And it takes me quickly on to chapter 16, where Paul ends with personal greetings, as he does with most of his letters. And what I want to just pull out quickly is that diversity amongst the 26 individuals he names and acknowledges. We don't know much about any of them, but Paul, he makes a, a reference to gender. He begins chapter 16 by commending Phoebe, a woman to the church, probably thought the individual that brought the letter to the church in Rome, a great help to many people with their skills and wealth. And eight or nine of the 26 were women. There were people of different race. There were Jewish people, Aquila and Priscilla, Paul's own relatives, and then there were the Gentiles, obviously. There was difference in class. Some of those were, would have been royalty or high rank. Aristobulus or Narcissus were said to be head of a household or estate. And there were different giftings. Andronicus and Junos were outstanding amongst the apostles, it says. Different roles, Priscilla and Aquila, they were your house group leaders. This morning, you're here at Junction 10 for such a time as this. And because this mission is going to take all of us. And hopefully, we see the mission of bringing people to Jesus as part of our Thanksgiving offering, just like Paul did. Um, I'll just share my feedback from conference. And, um, you know, it was great. Worship was great. Preaching was great. Spending time with people, that, great. I was just, just like different people from different places, different catching up with people, all good. God spoke to me through a door. <laughs> just a bit odd like that. But before going, for different reasons, I just said, you know, God, you know, just, just give me some indication that this is kind of right. The things. Do you ever feel like that way? It's just like, Lord, just, just, I just need that bit of reassurance or a bit of, I don't know. You know what I mean. And um, so I checked in, and again, lesson on punctuality. People, obviously, conference had rolled over, so a lot of accommodation was already booked up. Vicky, being good and organised, booked into the travel lodge, got the price sorted. That's, I'll get around to doing it. I look, and the price has gone up by over 50%. Compared. I was like, I can't spend that on a travel lodge. I can't spend that on a travel lodge. So I looked round, and I used discounts through work and that, and I managed the cheapest I can find is the Double Tree by Hilton. Cheapest I can find, £50 less than it would have cost a travel lodge. So I've done that. So... <laughs> right, it, was, it was the best value I could get, I could get. Honestly, I went through, I used my work discounts and all sorts to, to, get, to get that. But on the way, I was like, sort of, okay, 
I said, Lord, give us a sign. And we arrive, we register. I can't check in till four o'clock. Uh, Vicky and Deb go off to their hotel, check in at three. Um, I then have to kind of rush in between the sessions to, to check in afterwards. And um, I'm there stood waiting and just very quickly, literally check in, drop my bag off, get back to the venue. And the woman there goes, oh, we've been able to upgrade you. So I was like, oh, thank you very much. So I go up to him thinking, well, that, that, that's very good of him. You know, maybe, maybe, that's, maybe that's, that's a sign. Maybe that's a sign. Go to the evening service, that, come back. After the service, walk off to Tesco to buy some milk so I can make a, a cup of tea. Well, you know those pots that you get? That it looks like milk, but it doesn't taste like milk. It still curdles, but um, it doesn't look like... So I went off to get some milk, and... Um, I get back to the room at, it was about, I think it was about maybe five past 11. And I looked on the door, and if you could put the last slide up. What room number was I in? And if you're new to Junction 10, 323 is the address of the land that we own where our building used to be. And I just kind of stopped and like, okay. And then if I, if I still hadn't got it, the next day in one of the sessions, the guy who told the woman that the worship wasn't for us said not to worry about it. He said, oh, no, I only thought, I only, this only came to my mind as I was preparing this, like, sort of the confirmation. He said, you know, some people, they say, you, you, get, you get into conversations as a pastor, and some people are like, but pastor, I take the Bible literally. And he says, my response is, Jesus says he's a door. Take that literally. Jesus spoke through a door. <laughs> yeah. So... This morning, Junction 10, are we ready for an upgrade? Yeah? Church at Junction 10, we're ready for an upgrade. And I'm not talking the, about the physical building. I felt that actually, you know, the building that, that goes there will be impressive. It will be an improvement on what was there. But actually, are we ready for an upgrade? Because the church at Junction 10 isn't the building, is it? So church, are we ready for an upgrade? Yeah, okay. Shall we stand together and just pray? So Lord, we want to thank you for the Apostle Paul. We want to thank you for his writing to the, to the church of, uh, of, in Rome. Lord, for, for all the, the wealth and, uh, of, of knowledge and wisdom, the, the gold, Lord, that, that's, that's in this book. Lord, I, I just pray that you will help us to take what we've heard over these these weeks, Lord, if we need to go back to videos, to, to podcasts, to, to catch up, to refresh, to, to, to make some connections, Lord, I just pray that you'll um, give us the time and opportunity to do that. But Lord, we say now, prepare us for, for unity and bless us with unity as we go out and as we look, as, as we seek to move forward in mission with you. Because Lord, through the unity, through the mission, there will be an upgrade of the church at Junction 10. Lord, I pray for each one person here. Lord, if there's somebody that doesn't know you today, who's maybe heard today about how they can become in a right relationship with you, Lord, give them the courage, give them the, the, um, the desire to come and speak to one of us at the end. Amen. Thank you. you can take your seats. Just very quickly, the last thing about Upgrade, which, which again just came to me, is that when you're dealing with like, technology or with Upgrades, a lot of the time 
the upgrade is smaller. Yeah? The upgrade is smaller. So, you know, we, we thank God for our, our history. And when I say there's an upgrade, that's not criticism of anything that's gone before. You know, hopefully this message is an upgrade on the one you'd have got in April. Because day by day, we're all supposed to be being upgraded, aren't we? Yeah? So there's no criticism there. But it came to me, as these days, upgrades usually means smaller. But you know what? If you look at the first computer, how big was the first computer? Yeah, it probably along that back wall. And it could have probably told you two plus two was four if you entered the right syntax. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, my computer speak. No. Um, it would have told you that. Think about it. How big is a computer today? Yeah, oh, my, phone's, my phone's over there. Um, but what can you do on your phone today? And it's what's inside that makes a difference, yeah? It's not the size of the... Of the you know, hold your phone up, Mons. Yeah? What can Mons do with his phone compared to what the first computer did that filled that wall? Yeah? So we now need to worry about size. It's what's inside that counts. Yeah? Thank you. Mick, do you want to come and lead us in the final song?